Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift episode 269, and I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and I'm pumped, and I'm excited. It's been a great two weeks, but you don't get to hear from me first, because you get to hear from the Lightbringer, the Lightbringer, the Lightbringer, the Beastmaster of Third Shift, my buddy Eric, who's here with me, as he always is, and we're going to throw to him first, because we got to do it how we always do it. You know how we do it, because that's how we're going to do it. Eric, my friend, how was your week this week? Oh, wait, we recorded two weeks early before, so like, what, how was your two weeks? How was it? What's going on? What's brand new in the Eric world? Or is all all just, yeah, yeah, tell us. Tell <laughs> well, us hey, stuff. you know, I'll tell you, but before I tell you, I want to just give a shout out to Jim once again. Thanks so much, Jim, for coming on the show. Yes. I know it's been weird because it's been like a week and a half or whatever it is, but we record for the... It doesn't matter. Time is strange. The things <laughs> that happen, the way it all works, it's whatever. But I just want to make sure I give a good shout out. Thank you, Jim. It was a great time. We had a lot of fun. I hope everybody that listened to that episode had a lot of fun too, mm-hmm. because we sure did. I wanted to make sure that was out of the way before I forgot, because that would be extremely rude, because he took his time to come hang out with us. Because I was totally going to forget, because like you said, it's like two weeks ago now. So mm-hmm. as much as I did appreciate it, and I you know, I threw him some thanks and some props when I put it up. It feels like that's like, that's forever ago now. it's gone. It's forever ago now. Yeah, it's weird. Strange. For the listener people, it's not forever ago. So yes, thank you, Jim. You're the man. You're our favorite buddy. That's right. Indeed you are, good sir. Now that, of course, leads to how my two weeks, weirdish, whatever it is, has been. And I laugh. I laugh. Because, as I said to Matt before the show, right before the show, I said, you've been gone forever. We haven't done any show in a while, and I put up the same games, Mm -hmm. minus one, that I've been playing for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And this is going to get me into my very first issue today, which is (laughs) Tales of Arise, Matt. I've been playing Tales of Arise. Now, there's other things I've done, but I'm going to start here because it's annoying. This game is awesome, and I'm loving it. I have a good time with it. Every time I play it, I'm in it to win it. It's difficult, it's challenging, it requires you to go crazy and actually use all your potions, which is, as we've probably already discussed, the way they want you to do it, because they want you to buy more money to get more potions, but I'm too good at this game that I I don't need it. I know how to micromanage, I know how to make sure I've got enough for every single battle, but I'll tell you, this is the only game I've ever played, only RPG I've ever played, where I've had to use my potions, my elixirs, my lifes, all, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I never have to use those. Never. This game, I'm using every single one of them. And then I got to make sure I'm farming and buying the next set of ones that I'm going to need. And then, of course, collecting every single chest that I can find, which gets me more of those to stay alive. Now, that's all It's all beside the point. Game's great. Having a good time. Here's the point. I'm like 77 hours into this game, Matt. And it's not over. I feel like I still got another probably 15, 20, 30 hours maybe. I don't know. No, it's great. Those? No, no, what's even better (laughs) is that you said that two weeks ago when we last recorded our regular episode. I feel like I got like 20, 30 hours left. Now it's 20 to 30 hours later, and then you got 20 to 30 more hours left. I love it. This is is my problem, all right? And I'm just going to say it, and you you can come hate me if you want want to. I don't care. The reviewers, people I've listened to that reviewed this game. Well, I've beaten like 32 hours. All of them. 
across the board, 30 to like 45 hours. That was kind of like where the gamut was on it. These yahoos are little cheating scumbags playing on easy mode, not playing this game the real way, not playing on normal, not doing the side quests, not doing anything that this game has to offer except straight lining through on easy mode as fast as humanly possible. That's what these jarheads, these idiots are doing. And then they want to come on their little stupid things. They want to come on their platforms and they want to tell you, go buy this game. It's so much fun. Hey, 30, 40 hours, you know, you'll beat it. It's going to be a great time. Misinformation. It's annoying. It bothers me. I fully support. They need to start being like, all right, here's the deal. I played this game, easy mode, straight lined, didn't do any side quests. I I have no idea what's going on in this game except for the main plot. That's what I did. Beat it 37 hours. Bada bing, bada boom. I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't be mad at that. I would appreciate that because then I can start to go. Okay, well, how do I play? I play every side quest. I do everything. I find every armor in the game, every weapon. I do the things that an RPG or does. So then I could go. Oh well, okay. Your 37 is probably 70, 80 for me. All right, I get it. Instead, nope, they come on acting like they know everything there is to know about the game. Oh, they've they've done it. They've had their time with it. Wow, wow, wow. And no, no, you didn't. You couldn't have. It's impossible because I'm playing it right now, and I'm doing all the side quests, and I'm getting all the armors, and I know my RPGs, so I know I'm not playing poorly. I don't die in boss fights. I don't redo anything. I win, always win, and I keep marching forward. And no... Before you ask, no, I don't sit there and like push pause and disappear for freaking 40 minutes or an hour extending my time because I only play when everyone's asleep. So it's just me down here until I'm bored or too tired to play and then I go watch a show and go to bed. So no, we're not. The be- the worst you'll get is the bathroom breaks. No, I know what it is, Eric. I know what it is because hmm. the, right. the last batch of Tales games, we've said it on the show before, they're fall asleep games. So Eric played it when everyone went to bed, but when everyone goes to bed, it's, <laughs> it's calm and it's quiet and it's cool in the basement. You <laughs> wake up at you wake up 47. 10 oh, hours what's later, going oops, on? gotta go to work, click, click, oh. save, save. Yeah. Why do I have What's 130 hours of this game and I'm this, still this in the is prologue? Preposterous. This yeah. Is preposterous. Yeah. We could maybe blame that. <laughs> Not really, though. Because this one isn't fall asleep. And that's what I've loved about it. Every like area is very short, succinct. It's all part of the dungeon. Everything's kind of like dungeons. There's no more of this like broad, huge area where you're traversing and and just like you said, you're like, oh my God, I gotta go all the way back to the village. Oh, I'm gonna die. Here we go. It's not like that anymore. It's really short. Everything's pretty compact. I will never forget or forgive that one area in Tales of Zillia. You took a boat, and you were in a poor (laughs) town, and you had to go through three enormous maps of a field Mm. to get to the dungeon, Mm -hmm. or to talk to a person, and then you had to go through three back, and Uh, I couldn't make it. back. I would back and forth. Like, one field to get all the treasures and all the things. I would get them, and then, oh, okay. sleeping. Gotta save. Gotta save. All right, which field am I in? I don't know whether I go north or south. Go back, go back, go back. All right, I'm going to go south. All right, now I'm in this field. Okay, now I'm, I, I, can't, I can't get anywhere. I can't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I should have written a note. Go south to the town. Just Keep going south. my Xbox. Hour and 20 minute future self when you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was brutal. But this one isn't like that. So I had to get it off my chest. It's been irritating me because, like I said, I love this game and I'm having a great time, but... Total misinformation. This game is not a 30, 40-hour game, folks. 
if you play RPGs like a, I would say, I'm not even trying to be elitist, like a normal RPG or plays their RPGs, yeah. the, the game is not that. You're going to be going for 70, 80 hours. Maybe more. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how much more time I got. I have no idea. So there you are. I had to get it off my chest. It's been bugging me. It's annoying the hell out of me because every time I turn it on, I'm like, okay, I'm probably at the last part. I got to be at the last part, right? This has to be it. Here we go. Oh, nope. Okay, we're going to another another spot, I guess. Okay, fine. Okay, never mind. So that's what I've been doing with Tales of Arise. Now, I also played some Diablo 2 Resurrected. Uh, I've been playing with my buddy Shay going forward in that. It's so much fun with people. On my own, I just feel like this old itch. I don't want to play the game. I just want to go farm because that's what I did. You know, that's kind of, I'm just like, it literally falling. But I'm like, Eric, you haven't beaten it even once. You're not even in nightmare mode yet. Farming is completely useless until you, you get through all that and then start farming actual end game gear. But I can't help it. If I'm not playing with Shay, I just am like, well, I'll just go farm. I'll just go farm a Feasto for an hour. That's what I'll do. And then after about 40 minutes of farming, I go, Eric, you are wasting game time. What are you doing? None of this gear matters right now. You're being an idiot. Just go beat the game, get a nightmare mode, start grinding through that so you can get into the end game mode, and then start farming. But I can't help myself. So now I've learned my lesson. I don't touch it unless Shay's on or, or Brent or somebody else. And then I go, hey, 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 let's go, let's go play. And then we just start going through the missions, doing the stuff, and have a great time doing it. So with that, good times. Still enjoying it. Can't wait to get on and play with uh, Shay again, baby, tonight. Who knows? I don't know if he's on or not. Here's the kicker. Here's here's the best one. Here's a special one, man. You already seen it in the notes. Mm-hmm. Man, I went. Okay, this is a twofer. I went and visited my uh, sister and brother-in-law, and I said, "Well, I don't. We're only going for the weekend. I don't want to bring my PlayStation and all the crap down. This is stupid." So I finally, instead of being lazy, got on my my little PlayStation Vita. Figured it out, got everything fixed, like we talked about, to where I can actually log in with my account, do all my stuff. Did all that, downloaded Persona 3 Portable, and I started playing it in our free time while we were down there visiting. Mm -mm. It's good. Oh, it's good. Now, question. You playing as the male protagonist or female protagonist? The male, because the game recommended male for the first playthrough, saying that this is the OG story, this is the story we wanted to tell you, and then for the female protagonist, he said this should be like your second playthrough, because it gives an alternate perspective to all sorts of different things and has some secondary things going on that may be a little weird for not playing you know as the male the first time that was torn on that because i heard it had extra stuff and like more fleshed out things and i went well am i really going to play through a persona game twice in a row that's not persona 5 i don't know so i'm torn i still haven't started it obviously you see it's not in Uh the notes but i was going to ask you what you were going to do and maybe i'll do either the same or the other one just so we can be like, hey, just compare what about throughout. that first boss? Did he blah, 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 blah? Oh, no, he totally... Whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was torn, too, because I would generally go with... You know, I, I play females in a lot of the games if they offer that, just because it's fun and different. But uh, for this one, I wanted to take the game's recommendation, which was just go OG, get the story, then play through a second time. But like you said, I probably won't do it a second time unless it's fantastically amazing. And then I'll go through... We'll see. Or maybe somewhere down the road I'll do it. But I've been playing it, enjoying it, having a good time so far. I've only got a couple characters on my team rocking and rolling. The music is super cool, just like every Persona basically has been thus far. I can't wait 
to get more into it. But uh, unfortunately, I lost my PlayStation Vita. I have no idea where it is anymore. So uh, hopefully I can find it. <laughs> well, see, I was just thinking to myself, man, if Eric started that, I want to start it and play it so we're relatively close together so we can talk about stuff. Yeah, staying within... No, I don't have to worry about it. Just tell me when you found your Vita, and maybe that's when I'll start it up. It'll be great. I was going to say, you got it. You might have one day, you might have a week, you might have years. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I brought it home. I opened it up because I was looking for my keys, which I lost, which is a whole other side story. Collective. I went to King's Island over the weekend to do the Halloween Fest at King's Island. Uh-huh. Had a great time. They do. They put on a show. It's all. It's all super cool. They fog it up at night. Problem is, it's packed to the freaking gills. It's insane, there, folks. I'll tell you what. It's. It was not what I expected. It's so packed you can't even move, which negates the super awesome environments and everything they've put together there, because you're just battling people. So you can't enjoy like these super awesome little, and I'll say it, biomes that they create in these different sectors. Like they have the undead, walking dead themed area. They got this like pumpkin harvester crazy thing. They've got, you know, just these different zones. You can't enjoy them because there's just people. You can't not. All you can do is just like a cow. Like we always talk about, and hey, just shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Do the penguin shuffle. Yeah, you do the penguin shuffle in a direction. You can never stop. You can never do anything. And then they got like these terrifying people come trying to scare you and screw with you the whole time. But it's not terrifying because all you're just amidst this sea of human flesh, mm-hmm. and they're like jumping out and zooming across and doing weird stuff. But I don't care because I'm just focused on s- surviving the shuffle of people. So was, you're so distracted by everything else around you and all yes. the, all the crowd and everything. And you know me, I'm always trying to be like super aware too, so I'm like I'm looking at everybody around me making sure there's no possible threats or problems or issues. So I was like this is great, but it's not great because I can't enjoy it. I can be like oh that this would be super awesome if this hadn't been happening right here. So we went through a couple haunted houses, and those were really fun. Went on a couple rides, had a lot of fun. But that's where the keys got lost, and I still don't believe it. I think they're over at the sister's house still, but the, she swears she searched up and down and couldn't find them. Anywho, that's how it all comes together at the end. I thought maybe I'd put my keys in the Vita case before we took off. So I found my Vita at home, looked in it, didn't have the keys, and... The last but not least, Matt, and I know this is going on forever. This is ridiculous. Well, wait till I get to my stuff. Jesus, my, my short-term memory, I think, loss is coming back because I'm finding with other things, but this included, I had it and I went, is keys in here? Oh, my God, am I going to get lucky? No, I have no memory after unzipping the case, side case, and looking for the keys. The, there's nothing. In my data banks, I can find literally zero information as to after seeing inside that thing, what happened to the Vita? So did you see the Vita inside the thing, or were you just yes, looking for Yes, the Vita for... was inside. Okay. Nope. Because I, I accidentally opened the Vita side first wrong, and I was like, oh, that's, okay. Zipped it back up. I unzipped the other side where the games and pouches, mm-hmm. and not, no keys were in there. And zoop, that's it. That's the last memory I have. And I'm like, how? How is this possible? I only need like seven more seconds worth of information mm-hmm. from my brain, and it's gone. doesn't exist. So I don't know where it went. I don't know. And my house isn't huge. Oh, so the whole case is gone. Yeah, the whole the case. The whole case is Oh, jeez. The whole case. I thought maybe just the, the Vita was gone, so you'd like nope, zipped No, the entire and case with the Vita games, et cetera, all sitting in are just gone. Somewhere in this house. I don't know where. 
I've searched all the places I could think it would be. I don't know. It's a mystery. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the ghost here, he's been active a lot lately. So I don't know. Maybe he's messing with me. Maybe he got it and took it somewhere. It's unusual. Typically, he doesn't do that. But I'm just saying, it's weird. It's all weird, Matt. How's your week been? You know, it is a spooky week, right? It is the Halloween week, so maybe it's getting extra spooky, right? (laughs) Well, I I did a whole bunch of stuff over this past week. I'll get to the big thing at the end, but in between the recordings and stuff, I went and saw two movies, went and saw No Time to Die, which I thought was a lot of fun. I haven't really been like super into any of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. I really liked Skyfall, but all the other ones were just kind of... I mean, Casino Royale, I thought was good when I watched it at home on DVD. Quantum of Solace, just kind of, I don't really have any memories of it, except Olga Kurilenko was in it, and that's all I remember. Mm-hmm. I watched Spectre at home like last year, and I fell asleep during it, so I don't know anything about that, really. But then I watched this, and I went, well, other than all the ties, and like we have to wrap up all the movies. Hey, remember this from Casino Royale, and that from Quantum of Solace, and that from Spectre? I mean, it does a whole lot of that. But even as somebody who isn't a huge fan of all those movies, I thought the story it told was pretty good. It wrapped up, you know, his involvement in the James Bond saga pretty well. So as as not a fan, I enjoyed it. So I imagine super fans would super enjoy it. And then I went and saw The Last Duel, which was phenomenal. I went in not knowing what to expect. Just, hey, it's, I mean, I knew the story, essentially. But I went, well, okay, we'll see this and see what it's about. What I didn't know and... I don't know if I should say it, if it's a spoiler or not. I might cut it out if I decide to. What I didn't realize was it's cut up like Rashomon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Because I, I, I saw it too, man. Okay. And no, it's not a spoiler. I think because going in, I knew that it was going to tell you. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I just saw the trailers oh, okay. and I was just like, oh, it's about this. Okay. Yeah. I, I had already known. I don't know where or how, but I had already known that it was going to tell the different sides of the story. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me go see it. That okay. was because I was like, well, that sounds fun. That sounds pretty cool. And if I had known that, I would have been like, hell yeah, I'm super going to go see this. Because mm-hmm. I just love that. Like the first story, it's all Matt Damon's point of view, then Adam Driver's point of view, then Jodie Comer's point of view. And I went, "Yeah." as soon as I saw that title card, and I went, okay, this is going to be it. And then I saw this, then once the second part started, and I saw how different it was, I went, yeah, this 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 is it. This is yeah. good. This is all it, right. It was a it was super cool. I loved I loved the different perspectives, and I loved the minutia of it too. Mm-hmm. Like how the mother was portrayed by Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. How his view of her was completely different from his wife's view of her, mm-hmm. and how everything went down. But I just want to give a PSA out there. All right, everybody. They I don't know if this is spoiler. I don't know. The third view, the last view, is of Matt Damon's wife. And, uh, and then it says the truth. P.S. Everybody, women lie all the time. I gotta no, I have no, to no, cut no, no, that. No, no, no. We're gonna get canceled. I gotta cut it. <laughs> I gotta cut it. No, you're not gonna get canceled. That is not a cancel. That is the truth. Women and men lie all the time. I was like, wait a minute. We're just gonna we're just gonna be like straight up. The woman's view is the truth. I mean, this person wasn't there, so he doesn't know mm-hmm. what's going on. This person was there and is the inciting party, so he's gonna think of it this way. I thought of it as the truth for this piece. Like, this is actually what did happen. Like, the other stuff. I'm like, just because she says the mom was a bitch, I don't mean she was. You know, women hate mother-in-laws all the time. It's this and that. Mother-in-laws are terrible all the time, too, though. Come on. You... <laughs> yeah, you know, but what I'm getting at is, like, I was just like, was it necessarily the truth? Except for the one part, which I would wholly be like, yeah, I'm sure that was probably what happened, which is what happened. Mm-hmm. But... 
Just a PSA. I'm like, don't be trying to act like women don't lie out in the world. Come on. Come on, guys and cows. Let's not be that. And that's where I think it's, I took it like as a Rashomon thing. Everybody's truth is their own truth. No matter what mm-hmm. the situation is going to be, Matt Damon is going to think he's the hero of the story. Adam Driver's going to think Which he's he the hero of the story. He's the hero. Mm-hmm. You think you're the hero of this story. I think I'm the hero of this story. Everybody's going to do their own thing. So yeah. I took it as as here's two blatantly biased takes and then here's the truth of the scenario of, of what all because you see they're both i gotta cut all around all of this talk all right. but i think <laughs> it showed what is probably a more realistic depiction of both of those characters yeah anyway i get what before we spoiler talk more about it we can't do any more of that good movie <laughs> <laughs> on the video game front i said Last episode that I would probably would have beaten Lost Judgment by the time the episode came out. I did. The game was awesome. I really enjoyed the story, really enjoyed the characters, and I really enjoyed the school stories. Because like I said, the first, well, most of it revolves all around a school. So you have all these school clubs you got to infiltrate. You got stories that go along with them. You got characters in those. You got different side activities and mini games and all that stuff. All that is phenomenal. But for some reason, when I got done with it, I went, man, I need something more. I don't know what I need. I was like, well, I could play some Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. I could play that. I could get back into Deathloop because that was what I stopped to play Lost Judgment. I don't know. And something in my brain said, Matt, turn your Xbox on. You haven't played your Xbox in a while. I'm okay. Bloop, Xbox on. What am I going to play in here? And I looked at all the beautiful indie games. Death's Door, Star Renegades, all kinds of stuff. Cyberpunk, I could go and just clean up submissions. It was one of those moments where my mind wasn't like connected to my body. My body just moved on its own. And it went over to Yakuza Like a Dragon, and it pushed start. And I went, okay, I'll start playing this again. And I got into it, and I haven't stopped. As soon as I I started, started playing, went on the vacation, which I'll talk about, came back, I've been playing it for two days straight. And I think what I was missing that I needed that Yakuza Like a Dragon gave me is, like I said, Lost Judgment's story, its main plot, its characters, its school stuff, phenomenal and great. But it didn't have the wacky, crazy, ridiculous sub-stories out in the world. Like, there were some. And I would go around and, you know, after each major story segment, I would open up my map and go, all right, any sub-stories on the map? No. Okay. Next major segment, open up the map. Any, any sub-stories? You, you know how I played. You've seen the streams. Mm-hmm. All right, there's one. All right, let me go over there. I'll help a guy by using your drone to get a thing down from a tree. All right, cool, I did it. And it was like that through the whole game. It felt like, to me anyway. Loaded up Yakuza Like a Dragon. Boop, open up the map. There's seven sub-stories on the screen. All right, cool. I'm going to run down here. What am I doing? I'm helping this weird masochist who can't feel any pain anymore because he's been to so many S&M clubs find real pain. Like, I have to beat him up, and then he's like, oh, man, that didn't work. And you find his mom who's working, like, at a convenience store, and she's like, man, I wish my son would make something of himself. You're like, come on, Mom, I'll make him feel real pain. And she rips into him, and he's like, oh, man, what a horrible thing you did to me. But that's not enough. Oh, man, I got to find something else. And then after you find the thing, which I won't spoil, he becomes one of the characters you can call in on your cell phone. And he'll come and buff up your defense. And he's got a weird little cutscene with all of him doing his S&M stuff. Great, perfect, beautiful, wonderful. 
And then there's, you know, touching sub-stories that there always are. I just helped out a girl who's trying to get donations, like little matchstick girl kind of thing for little brother surgery and doing this and that and this and that and heartwarming moments at the very end of it. And then I go and I went on a date with a ghost. It's ridiculous and I love it. And the main story, it's actually gotten a little bit better because I stopped it after I saw a thing happen. The main character said, oh man, this thing's going to happen because of that. And then the other character went, hey man, gosh, I wonder what just happened to us. And the character went, hey, this just happened to us. And this is probably going to happen after that. And then after that, they went and had a meeting and said, gosh, I wonder what happened to us. This is what happened to us. Gosh, I wonder what's going to happen because of this. This is what's going to happen because of this. And then the thing happened and they went, gosh, I wonder why this is happening. That's when I stopped, (laughs) went forward. There was a little bit more of that. And then after that, it hasn't happened ever again. It's not been over-explaining anything. I've just been going through the story. And then after each story segment, open up the map, five new sub-stories. Oh, my God. Beautiful. I fought. I, I fought. Oh, my God. I fought a monkey who was piloting a backhoe. I fist fought a backhoe that a chip had control of. What a wonderful game. <laughs> what a beautiful game, and I love it. And the other thing I love, too, turn-based RPG. You know, I love that. You love that. We love that stuff. Job system, though. Going through putting people, different jobs on everybody, and I even looked up. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's a good job for this character? And I went, here's all the jobs you need to have them have. Kasuga needs to be a hero. This person needs to be this. This person needs to be that. And I looked at my lineup, and nobody was in any of that stuff. And I was kicking butt and taking names and rolling through fights, even boss fights. The only time I have to use like the call-in assist system is when I'm just bored from just attacking and defending because I don't have to do anything else. Because I don't need to use items. I don't really need to use magic. I only need to use skills if I want to speed up the fight. Because I'm so good at video games. And my team is so awesome. I took my phone. And I went, huh, list of best jobs? Out of here. And I threw it away. And I'm probably not optimized and the best. But all my characters are awesome. Awesome skills. Awesome fun times. I love it. It's a wonderful game. Oh, if only the story didn't do that one thing that one time. I could have been having this awesome fun time all this time. And then the other thing I did in real life, I mentioned it, went on vacation, went on the Jericho cruise, Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. What a fun time. But before I get into the fun times, I got to say, it's been a while since I did like a big solo travel, and especially like in an airport. And I didn't realize how many people still talk on their cell phones. And whenever people talk on their cell phones, all they do is complain. That's every single airport. When I would sit there for like an hour for a layover, someone would sit right behind me talking on a cell phone. Oh my God, I can't believe blah, 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 blah. They put me at the very end of the terminal. I had to walk all the way down here. Yes, so did 200 other people. What is... And I realized when I'm doing my solo travel, the next time I got to be Howard. I just got to be Howard. Headphones in, big headphones over top, just music, just podcast, just whatever. Mm -hmm. No listening to people, no think, no nothing, nothing, nothing. Because literally every person was on their phone and they were complaining about something. And if they weren't on their phone, we were in a big line, like to do the COVID test before you get on the boat. You had to do a rapid COVID test. Got in the line and it wasn't set up right. So you're in that line for four hours. And that's four hours of a person in front of you, people behind you, people left and right. What are they all doing? Complaining. Oh man, this sucks. Yes, it does. Now stop talking about it. You're going to talk about it for four hours? What is? Mm, you know me. I can't, I can't take it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be Howard next time. I'm going to invest in some noise-isolating earbuds of the Supermax variety and just ploop. Just go on about your business. Don't even worry about it. Just sail right through. But the cruise itself, 
fantastic, amazing rock and roll shows, wrestling shows, comedy shows, podcasts, autograph signings, photos. A wonderful time. And then, oh yeah, you're on a cruise. Free food everywhere. Oh, since I booked before some cutoff date, free booze literally everywhere. It was a paradise. And it had to worry about literally nothing. Except for, man, that session conflicts with that one. Which one am I going to go to? But it doesn't matter because they're both awesome. What a wonderful time. And then out sailing while you guys are shivering and putting on hoodies and big car hearts. I was out. Shorts. T-shirt. Bright Bahamas sun. Like 80 degrees. There was one day I was like, all right, I'm going to this photo session with Will Ospreay from New Japan. He was on the boat. Oh, get in line. Okay. There's like five people in line inside and the line is outside and there were like two people waiting outside as I got out there. Stood out there inside of 15 seconds. Just sweat. Drenched. Just hot and sweat and oppressive. And I went, oh God, if only I was here five minutes earlier, I would have been standing inside where it's nice and cold. I was doing like the, the shift. You know, the sun was like kind of over the shoulder. So I was like, all right, turn this this angle of the body towards it. Oh, it's getting hot on that side. Turn. Turn. A little 360. And then got inside and everything was great and everything was wonderful. So just a fantastic time. Uh, man, it's... I could go into so many fun things. There were so many things that only could have happened on that cruise that only did happen on the cruise. I tweeted about one of them. I won't go into it super hard. But one of the comedy shows... Colt Cabana, who's a comedy wrestler, he was like, man, I'm, I want to do a tribute to one of the guys who's here on the boat. You know, he's a legend in this business. He doesn't get enough respect. He's talking about Billy Gunn. So he brings his kids out. He's like, all right, I need you guys to go get Billy. And we're going to do this, this tribute to him. He's got four pages, a big printout, four pages of stuff. They're like, all right, we'll go get him. We'll go get him. While they go get him, he's like, all right, guys, I have these four pages printed out, but I'm missing some things here and there. I need you guys to give me like a noun. I need you to give me an adjective, a verb ending in ing, uh, a this, a that, a body part, another name for that body part. So we did a Mad Libs of Billy Gunn's whole career. And we're all filling it in, saying wholly inappropriate things. Mm-hmm. And then they brought Billy on stage. He must have either had headphones on or just not been in the theater. And they were like, here, Billy, read this. It's a tribute to you and your career. They're just reading all this ridiculous, not awful, but awful stuff. Fantastic. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. It was hilarious. He now has a new nickname, which I guess I can't repeat on the show because it's a PG show, but only I and the people on that boat will get that reference. We'll know that. When you see him, you think, that's not Billy Gunn. That's Mr. That's just his name now. And he came out for the last wrestling show, and we got to chant Mr. at him. Beautiful. Wonderful. A memory that only I and those people who were there will have forever. And then the first night they went, hey, isn't this great? It was during the Fozzie show. So Jericho went, yeah, it's so great. We're going to do it again in five months. See you back in March for the fourth cruise. And I went, yeah, I'm going to do this. (laughs) Beautiful, wonderful time. He has begun. Mr. Matt's becoming the cruise man. Every four to seven months, he's going to be on the boat. Well, they only do one a year. But I will say, PSA for anyone else, obviously this one is in March. So maybe they'll either fix the issues they had with COVID testing. Mm -hmm. Because they did say this is the first cruise that Norwegian has ever done since the pandemic started. So... We were the first test subjects. I'm sure they're going to fix it up. But if you're going on a cruise anytime soon, get there super early. 
they even send us stuff like, hey, be there at your port arrival time because it'll be strictly enforced. And so I was there like 30 minutes beforehand, like I always am. Got in line. All right, this will be cool. Line snaked all through this building and took four and a half hours to get through. But it was worth it. Minor annoyances, people standing in line, people still complaining. There's a line to get off the boat. Oh, man, boo-hoo. You don't want to get off the boat. I want to stay here forever. Why would I want to go home? Why would I want to go home faster? No, I don't want to do that. But, man, just 100% worth it. Just a, a fantastic time. I hope next time we go to Nassau and I'll get off and go do stuff, like, in the big city. Mm-hmm. But, man, wonderful. I said, like... Four weeks ago, that those were the best two weeks of my life. These are the best two weeks of my life. I wasn't at work, and I got to go on a cruise and see awesome wrestling and rock and roll and comedy and fun stuff. That's it. That's it for the show. That's it. We're going out on a high note. That's, That's it. it. We're going we out right there. We just do stuff. Do the rest. <laughs> oh, we spent the whole time catching up. It's ridiculous. It's insane. It's absurd. You had such a great time. I had some great times, some sad times, but I'll tell you what game I'm about to tell y'all about it's about it's about sad times everybody this ain't no good times okay because dark pictures anthology has released another title house of ashes it's out there right now you can go pick it up it's for pc microsoft uh you, you know the xbox series the playstations you can go get anywhere but the switch basically now if you don't know it's made by supermassive games and i think uh bandai namco publishes it it's got uh, until dawn was the first one then it does all the other ones I ain't going to lie, I only played Until Dawn because I kept hearing that the other ones just weren't measuring up. Uh, Some of them, I guess, were better than others. But this one has my attention, folks, because I'm hearing nothing but good from it. I'm hearing that it's a great time. It is way more reminiscent of the uh, the vibe and feel you get from Until Dawn. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to explain it big time because we ain't got time for that. But let me tell you. It's third person. You go in. It's basically a novel. You're just like watching events happen. But as they happen, you've got to do quick time events and make choices that lead to these individuals dying or living. Okay? It's very, very simple. It's very Barney basic. You pick a choice. You mash a button in time or don't mash a button in time. These folks die or they keep surviving. You can end the game with nobody alive. You can end the game with everybody alive. There's all sorts of monsters, traps, things like that, that get in your way along the way. And this particular title also strikes with me because it involves the military. It's got some Marines in there. It's got some Air Force fools in there. It's got some CIA agents. It's got a medical Yahoo in there. They all come together. They're in Iraq right after Hussein's been taken out. They're in his old palace. They see this group of underground tunnels that they think uh, you know, the weapons of mass destruction, the chem weapons, etc., and they got to go after it. Now, before all this happens, the game gives you like a prelude. It's ancient times. This mad king, he's got this temple built. He's killing all these folks. Things go south. That temple disappears to the annals of time. Warp to now. You find these tunnels. You think that they got the weapons of mass destruction. Your team, you head in. Things go south real fast. You're inside this long forgotten ancient temple with all of its tunnels and labyrinths and and whatnot and you got to get out with your boys and girls who've all been split up if you played these games you know how this goes the different teams you keep going back and forth to them making those decisions seeing if you can make the right ones to get where you need the one thing i'll say and i said it about until dawn years ago was that the the premonitions you get in this game you get these little tablets you can find that show you like outcomes of scenarios I don't know who these are helpful to. I don't, I've don't. i never understood them. Because it'll show you like uh, one of the gals 
falling down in a, in a hole and then getting stabbed on a spike. Okay, well, she, she can possibly die by falling and landing on a spike. It doesn't help you because any event you get in, it's just quick time events and, and fast decisions. And so it's either going to happen because you screwed up or it's not going to happen. I don't really get it. Or it's going to happen because you had Billy grab onto the rope and when she yeah. tried to grab him, he slipped and then she fell on a spike. Or she was walking through the door and got spooked by a spook and then she fell backwards and fell through a hole in the floor. Yeah, I get what you're saying because I mean yeah. it's like Dragon's Lair. Yeah, if he can turn into bones and dust. Well, when? How? What keeps me from doing that? And then sometimes they'll screw you up. For instance, so say you know she can fall. Say you come up to a, a doorway or a whatever, and you're like, oh, oh, here it is. I see a drop off. Well, I'll go first because then I'll make sure it's safe for her so she won't fall. So I pick, I go first. I go first, I make it in. All of a sudden, one of those bat monsters or whatever comes flying in, snatches her up, throws her right off the ledge, she dies. All because I made the decision to go first, thinking, because that premonition, oh, if she goes first, she won't notice the hole, and she'll die. This is where I, this is where I trick the game, and I keep her alive. Oh, it's the opposite, lol, 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 you know. It, well, I mean, so. <laughs> maybe that's the point, though, because it, mm-hmm. it sets up an expectation for you. You don't know which one is right. So and it gets it. in your head, yeah. and you start making decisions, and there you go. So I don't know. Maybe that is the point. Maybe it's just to start getting you all in your head, and you're sitting there going, oh, my God, what a choice do I make? And then you fail, and you know, the game gets harder and more interesting because you're making weirder decisions based off these weird glimpses you get. Anywho's, it is fun. I loved Until Dawn. I had a blast while I played it. This one I'm thinking I'm going to actually play. I watched uh, the first couple things of it a little bit, but I think I'm going to stop there, and I'm going to pick it up because these are... Unlike earlier in my little rant, short games. They're fun. They're easy to pick up. A few hours in, you you got your story. You had a great time. If you want to perfect it, you can go back through again. But typically, I'm a fan of the outcome I got is the outcome I got. And I, I enjoy being able to tell that story of how Sarah just, did, just didn't make it. You know what I mean? I don't know what to tell you. That's the way it goes. So I highly recommend, especially because it's the Halloween season, go pick up this little spooky fun title and have yourself a good old time. Speaking of spooky fun titles of the Halloween season, you got to play Inscription. It dropped on the 19th, developed by Daniel Mullins Games, published by Devolver Digital. If you know Daniel Mullins, he makes weird stuff like Pony Island. What was the other thing he did? I don't know, but weird meta stuff. So stuff that when you look at it, you're like, oh, this is what it's going to be about. And then it goes, and it flips on its head, and it's totally crazy. Inscription is also totally crazy. I can't go too in-depth on it because I still need to play it because I left like right after it launched and I got back home and Like a Dragon sucked me in and I haven't played it yet. But what I will say is do not watch a review of this game. Play the demo. This is out only on PC, on Steam. It's got a free demo. I played it earlier in the month and fell in love with it. This is the way to experience it. Do not watch a review because I watched a couple, you know, to refresh my memory of what all was going on in it. And both reviews spoiled mechanics and systems and things that should not be spoiled at all whatsoever. You need to go into this mostly blind, and you can because there's a free demo out right now. Go on Steam and download it and play it. If you don't know what Inscription is, it's a roguelike deck builder in kind of the vein of Slay the Spire and all those other ones, but with a weird dark, demonic, gruesome twist. You're playing across the table from this entity, this person, this whatever it is. You're moving a piece on a map, just like on Slay the Spire. You're having card battles, except instead of like mana or energy for each round, cards need to be played via a couple of different systems, and I won't spoil 
the ones that come after the very first one. But the first one is they have a blood cost. So you put down a card, and then the next round you want to play a card that costs two blood. We well, need to put another card down and then sacrifice both of the cards on the table to now put this one down. And it's a really interesting and cool system that makes you think about what cards you want to have out and what abilities they have. And is it worth eventually sacrificing those out of that round of the game to put down a heavy one? Or do you want to have little ones out there? It's so cool and and dark and twisted and interesting. But the coolest part about it is it's not just the tabletop. It's not just the cards. It's not just the character across from you. You can get up from the table and move through this weird locked room that you're in and find boxes and puzzles and keys and things that you can take back into the game. You can find cards and take them back in, or you can take this key from over here. And then when you solve this other puzzle on the other side of the room, you could use that key to unlock this other thing. It's like a roguelike deck builder plus an escape room. And it's in this dark, twisted, horrifying, scary theme. I can't go too much into it because I don't want to spoil anything. You have to play this and and just see it in action and see what happens. Like I said, when I played the demo, turn the lights out, put your headphones in, play this dark, weird, creepy game. It's so cool and so chilling and creepy. And obviously, once you've played a few rounds, you kind of get used to it. It's not really scary anymore, per se. But those first few times as you're getting up from the table and and the the thing's eyes are watching you the whole time. If you turn around, Uh it's staring at you. So you get that clock in your head of like, if I if I open that box over there, is Let's he screw around too much? Is he gonna? Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, is he gonna yell at me? Should I come back? I found a thing. Should I just go back to the table because I don't know how much I can screw around? I don't know how many combats I can I, I can screw up. Ah, it's so tense and so cool and so interesting. I can't wait to play it and see how far and how twisted and how crazy it goes. Just from the demo experience I had, it was phenomenal. I've heard nothing but good stuff about the full game. And at the end of the demo, you can see some of the weird, crazy places it'll go. And I can't wait to go there. You got to play Inscription. You have no excuse. It's spooky season. There's a free demo. The demo itself is scary and freaky. You got to play it. You got to do it. And the game's awesomely affordable, just like my game was. Both are easily gettable. You ain't busting the bank. You know, you got to give one tooth to the tooth fairy and boom, you got one of these games. You know what I'm saying? I could say something, but it'll spoil something. So I'm just going to say, <laughs> speaking of having a good time, this is my favorite time of the show. It's time for Shift Codes for Golden Keys and Borderlands. Oh, they didn't have the rotation out. So it's just Shift Codes for Golden Keys and Borderlands 3, which are expiring, I think, tonight. So I don't have Shift Codes to tell you about. I hope you got the other ones. You get free loot in a fantastic game. You can get it. I hope you did. I don't know. We've been gone for so long. I'm not even sure what's going on because we weren't even here to tell you about the sniper challenge that's going on in Borderlands 3. Uh-huh. But of course, in our notes, we're like, it's still going on. Well, folks, it is still going on. You still need to get in Borderlands 3. You still need to get more sniper kills to unlock the next set of wonderful skins, etc. that they are offering us. I think it's very, very close. I think, uh, man, I'm not even going to try to muff up the numbers. I know it's very close. I know that in the next couple of days we'll probably have those kills we need. I think it was like 20 million sniper kills, and I think it was at 12 to 15 million, whatever. I want to say 14 and a half or something. Yeah. yeah, it was close. Now, I will say, I got us the last one, obviously, like I promised on the show. Like yeah, you, I'm you, sure. yeah, I promised to you, and we did it. I'll see if Mental Mars can go ahead and pull up like uh, your number so we can get like this really cool bam number for the for the third shift Hell record. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Look real good. I bet I bet it's really good. But it might get muffed because I cannot help with sniper kills. 
Because every sniper I get, I sell and mm. throw away. I, or I, I go, yeah, I go so to a ledge and I walk and I drop it. As you should. Do. And then when it comes through my recycled loot thing, I pick it up again. I'm like, all right, off to what's the name of that planet in uh, Avengers: Infinity War? <laughs> oh, and yeah, I throw it off. <laughs> and then <laughs> Red Skull question. comes up and he goes, "No, you have mm-hmm. to throw away something you love." And I go, "Sure, this sniper rifle too." And he goes, "No, I dude, love something. All you, these. Like, look, look at all of them. Give me something." And he just gives me like a low five, and he pulls it away and mm-hmm. goes, "Huh, gotcha, idiot." Yeah, leaves. Then I go away because that's what sniper rifles mean to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the unfortunate reality. This one, this one was a ah, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not shooting things with the sniper rifle. It's not going to happen. Period. So <laughs> I am so glad that the rest of the Borderlands team out there, the rest of the community, they said we'll do it. Don't worry, third shift. We'll carry you on our backs in the backpack. You guys just come along for the ride. And I'm like, thank you. Just like we carried them last time. Yeah, like just like we did. I don't know. Whatever we promised. Those kills we promised, we did them. Probably surpassed them. It was Tront. Remember, it was the Tront family. Because now the Tront family family. (laughs) is back for revenge. This week, I think running through the 4th of November. 4th, correct. The Tront family, that's Captain Tront, that's General Tront, and that's Captain Haunt. They're all turned up to raid boss levels of difficulty and health and armor and all that good stuff. And all of them have the Halloween loot in their individual loot pools. So if you feel bad for killing them a million times or however many squadrillion times we did it, now let them kill you a billion times because now they're super hard. But I will clarify, I think each one of them only has one of the pieces each. Oh, okay. And uh, so right now, Captain Tront is the worst. I think he's got the shield, which everybody says is like useless and stupid. So don't go do him. Go do the other two. Do Captain Haunt and uh, you know the big dog. Don't don't do little old Billy. The one I would naturally farm, of course. Uh-huh. Don't go do that. The one on your favorite planet and your favorite place yeah. to go. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. So go do the other two if you're going to get in there and rock and roll with this next event that is ongoing and happening right now as you're listening to this, because apparently the shield sucks. I don't know. Don't use it. Never touched it. Couldn't tell you. But I'm just letting you know that Killer6 said it, and he knows a whole lot damn more about the gear in this game than I do. I don't even know what shield I have on right now. It works so good that I don't... I don't change my gear. I, I never die. Why would I change my gear? I've got... I think I've got the backham on, because yeah, I love that. Mm. Yeah, it's my favorite. So I believe that's what I'm currently rocking, I think. No, I feel bad. I got to go find it out. <laughs> anyway, but speaking of things and finding out stuff, man, we found out a little bit more about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Unless I missed something, we got a little teaser for two of the classes that you can start the game off with. Yeah, yeah, that's... Throw it to you first. Thoughts, excitement. I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to this, but I'm still... I'm in, It's just a, such a mixed bag. I, I need to get more information on this. Yes. Because they got the Stabinator and the Berserker, the two that they kind of showcase. Stabomancer. Get it right. Come on now. Hey, I'm calling a Stabinator because that is what I want to call them. All right, or her, whatever, because you can create your own character in this, yes. so it can be anything and anyone you want it to be. And I was like, well, this is neat, and it shows them doing out the silent blades, you know, and phantom blades or whatever they were calling them. Ghost blades. I'm I like, think, well, that's yeah. neat, but it's feeling like a, is that like a, an ability, like Moses, um, you know, bear would be, or is it going to be a little bit different than that, like something you can just do whenever you want to do? The weird thing about it is, if you watch that trailer, they throw it out like three times in quick succession. Yeah. But the one on the ground goes away. So I don't know if, like we've talked about with the spells, what are the spells? Do they drain a, a refreshing mana a resource. resource where you can just mm-hmm. pop, 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 and then, oh, my mana pool is down for a little bit? I don't know. Like you said, I want to know more info. This was a cool, like, wet my appetite type of thing. The little trailers and the write-up, which showed a little bit more. 
but I got to know more and see how it works and especially see skill trees and things like that before I can get super excited. Yeah, because for instance, well, hell, with both of them, the melee mechanics were pretty in-depth. Like, you know, for the Stabinator, you're over there throwing out the silent blades, sneaking up on people. Then you were hitting like in the in the, in the the little trailer. You hit them, did like a freeze, froze up, and you boom, you just smash them into bits. Mm-hmm. And then with the Berserker, you got Whirlwind, classic, you know, classic move. Mm-hmm. So you got that going on, big old smash. Once again, is that draining a resource or is this some kind of special ability? Because in the trailer, they made it look like you could just do this. Like right. you can just go around doing these 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 melee moves and whatnot. But then they made sure to say, but you'll also be tackling enemies in other ways. And then they showcased them just shooting guns and they had a little variety of weird weapons going on there. So it's like a mixed message. It's still a mixed bag where I'm like, okay, you said you said melee is not going to be viable, but the two you just showcased, it looks like melee is what they do. So I'm not really sure where you're going with this or how infrequent or frequent these melee moves you're going to do are and how important they are to the overall system here in this in this particular title. And that's why I'm really eager to see what the skill trees are because Knowing what those influence, and with Borderlands 3, you had like the little abilities on the side you could unlock and slot those back into your action skill spots. I feel like this is definitely going to take that and run with it in even crazier ways, because if you are if you have like a Zane, where you have like two action skills, where one is your jump and one is your spin to win, how would a spell work? Is it that same kind of slot in thing? They both looked cool. I wanted more out of both. And I I can't get super hyped about stuff traditionally in Borderlands until I see the skill tree. Because then I can go, yeah, 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 yeah. Or this skill tree, no, 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 no. Oh, but that's really cool. Like we said, it whetted my appetite, but I got to know more. And then, of course, like the side stuff, you know, you got Yahoo's out there breaking every little bit of it down, showcasing like how in those sub stories, you're going to go into these little mini levels. And then when you break open that die, that's your like reward for that mini level that you go through. And then a they got the portals they're showcasing there on the sides that open up. And then, of course, you take the portals back over to the overworld, everyone's assuming. It's really neat. It's really cool. I'm very excited to see that. I hope there's just tons of sub-levels and subplots and sub-quests that you can do. And maybe even, I hope, I don't know if this is the case at all, but maybe they're like, uh, they've got like a reservoir of them and they can randomly pop up. So you can just kind of go have fun and you'll get these randomly generated uh, sub-story subplots that constantly pop up and allow you to go get, you know, some cool epic loot out of the die if fortune smiles upon you yeah i would love that when you were talking about that it made me think of dragon age origins where you travel from this point on the map to over here and you would randomly run into any one of like 30 random encounters you could have and it could be a big battle it could be a superman meme that they did like a oh, this kid fell from the stars and you can loot like star ore. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping that's the kind of thing we get in Wonderlands where if you open up the side stuff, it could be, like you said, a pool of random things. Right after that boss fight, dude, I was on my solo character and I ran into Beef McGillicuddy and he dropped me this cool crossbow. Oh man, I didn't even get that. I got this cool story though with blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. That kind of emergent, like unique thing. That'd be perfect. I'd love it. Yeah. And then through farming, you'll obviously see all the little different possible subquests, etc. But well, yeah, yeah. in our original playthrough, you know, it's going to be fun and different and weird. And even through our second and third, there's a possibility for fun, different and weird mm-hmm. until finally we've seen them all. But that's what I'm hoping for. I have no idea if that's the case. But with those portals and then the overworld and you just jumping into these little sub stories, that's kind of what came to mind. So I hope that's the 
the way it goes down. And like you said, overall, I, I need to see more because it was neat seeing those two classes, but I really still have no idea what that actually means and how it actually affects battle or if it's just a gimmick and you're still just mainly shooting your guns and then doing that on the side. Or on top of that, how many classes are we going to have to start with? Mm-hmm. Because you have your main class, and then you add you your subclass all the DLCs on top of it, and everything else they promised. Well, also, also that, but I mean, just in the main game, because you pick your main mm. class, and then eventually you add a subclass to it. So if you have eight main classes, does that mean you can pick from seven subclasses on top of that? Because then your characters can be all over the map. Who knows? Exactly. Who the hell knows? All I know is it was fun. Look forward to the next one. The game's not out till March, so we got quite a bit of time to have them just kind of drip feed us all the information we need and of course we'll let you know our thoughts on it all as it goes on and uh yeah we'll see man we'll see but speaking of things that aren't out until in the future god knows where february's who knows we watched the state of play i watched it this morning i have a whole thing i wrote down every game and my impressions on them so eric pick out something you want to talk about we'll talk about it go all right well i'll go with the one that really matters to me the rest ain't gonna lie don't really matter that much to me but Star Ocean, the Divine Force, man, oh man, announced for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, coming out sometime in 2022. I was on board instantly, all right? I played uh, the original OG one that I remember for the PlayStation 1. It was the second story, I think. Star Ocean's second story. That's literally the second one. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. <laughs> yes, that's the one I played and watched my buddy Shay play. Very difficult, very challenging. I had a rough time with it, so it kind of was shaky on it, but I still have fond memories of it. And so I was always scared to play any of the others afterwards. I just stuck to my Final Fantasies and, you know, you're kind of the -the run-of-the-mill RPGs. I didn't go back down that route. But now that I'm a sophisticated old man RPGer, I'm like, yeah, I need to get back into some Star Ocean. And this trailer was just doing it for me. It felt good. That whole space vibe, that kind of fantastical sci-fi thing instead of your typical, you know, I, and don't get me wrong, I love your f- fantasy tropes and everything else, but this is kind of a little different. And I was like, I'm on board for this. I love how they were flying around in the trailer. Like, he's just zooming around these huge landscapes. And he was just going all over the place. It kind of gave me that uh, uh, open world vibe. So, like, RPG meets open world. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, or if these are just huge environments. Like, kind of like um, Xenoblade that has that same, that same thing. Huge areas. You can't traverse them as fast as you could, apparently, in this one. But, anywho, that's kind of what it, the vibe I got from it. I was like, yeah, I'm on board for this. I'll play this game. And then I'll get angry that it's going to be 100 hours. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm halfway on board with this game. Because I played a Christmas ton of Star Ocean The Second Story on PlayStation 1. But it was too much. It wasn't too hard for me. But it was there were so many systems and so many skills that you could do. Like you do cooking and you could do mm-hmm. it's like some crafting and this and that and like so many things. And then every town you went to, you could have the individual conversations with your party members and you could have them learn all the skills too. It got to the point where I, I was pushing through, pushing through, pushing through, and then all that opened up and I think I looked at a guy and it went, oh, well, you really need to master all those skills. But that's why it got harder and harder, Matt, because you had to master all these different skills to even have a chance at the end, you know, the later bosses and stuff. So you were just going back and just grinding and grinding, trying to get this stuff up, trying to get the the, the match. It was was a lot. And I was a smart boy at that point because I leveled up like one or two of them and it took a while and I went, I don't have time for this. And I put in front mission three or something else and I went, this I have time for. Here we go. So I've always been, 
not like gun shy, but gun shy about Star Ocean games. And the previous ones, I look at it and it's like, hey, we are 100% just anime tropes. Here, I'm that character. I'm the bubbly little robot girl. Hee hee. And I go, oh man, I don't know. Like you said, this trailer looked really good. It looked a little bit anime tropey, just a little bit, because all Star Ocean games do to me. But when I saw spaceships flying around and having space battles, I went, man, since Mass Effect is not going to come out for 70 more years, maybe I should get this just for some space. So I'm halfway sold. I'm halfway there. Maybe this will be like Tales of Arise. They'll put out a demo and I'll go, eh. And then you'll play it for 700 hours and it'll be great. Probably. Probably is the way it's going to go. I I imagine so. But you have one you're totally sold on. I have one I'm totally sold on that you're not really going to have much to say about. King of Fighters 15, anytime I see characters from that or gameplay from that, or I just hear the King of Fighters announcer, I didn't even see the character and he went, hey, I'm the King of Fighters announcer. And I went, yes, I perked my ears up. I wrote yum next to King of Fighters 15 because it looks beautiful. It looks great. They got an open beta coming in November from the 19th to the 22nd. Guess what I'm going to be doing all that time? Playing King of Fighters. You might actually see me online getting my ass kicked by literally any of you who ever get on that open beta because I never play fighting games multiplayer. I don't do it anymore because nobody comes and sits on my couch with me so we can actually play like normal humans. Mm -hmm. But man, every time I see that game in action, this trailer with the new character, I went, man, that looks so good. I love King of Fighters. I can't wait to play it. That's one for me. That's that's an easy one. That's an easy one. Well, I got one last one that I've got mild interest in. Because let's be honest, this state of play for me didn't really do too much for me. I will say the Death Door coming to other stuff was pretty cool. But the only other one that I, I surprised me was Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. All right? I don't I don't play no Five Guys at Freddy's. Yeah, five, what are you, you 13 years old playing Five Nights at Freddy's? I can't even say ah, the title. Right. I watched, watched Markiplier right. play it and he went, wow. Yeah, I do not watch it. I do not care about Five Nights at Freddy's. I understand what the game is, and and I have seen it before. But I was like, well, I'm going to watch all the trailers and do all the things because that's what we're supposed to do. So I watched it, and I was like, man, this is kind of cool. It kind of gave me that like that Outlast vibe where you're like in the place. Instead of it just being you're in that room, and you just yeah, got to yeah. keep them from getting up to you. And this one, you actually got to hide from them. You got to outmaneuver them. You got to think fast. And, and you go inside a Freddy Fazbear and walk yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, like you can trick them and get inside of the fake thing and, and it'll, you know, and apparently it looks like it might trick them for a while, but not forever. And you can kind of like beat them up a little bit and get around. I was like, this looks pretty cool. I, I could see myself. Now, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna probably buy it. But like if like if someone was like, Eric, here you go. Play this game. Here's the code or, or a, a PlayStation Plus game or something. I would probably actually check this one out and give it a shot because I do like my spooky stuff and I do like the Outlast type games. So maybe, maybe, man. So so what you're telling me is you're going to go to Brent's house and sit with the kid you got the Vita from. Yes. And you'll both watch Markiplier play through this. Markiplier play it, and then I'll get a memory that I played it, and then I'll just be all confused, and it's fine. doesn't matter. Perfect. Well, I got quick thoughts on a bunch of them, because a lot of these looked, if not like super interesting, but somewhat interesting to me. Deathverse, Let It Die, that first one that they showed off. Mm -hmm. Everything that wasn't the gameplay, I was loving. Showing like the characters and the hosts of this weird game show that's apparently going on and like the world that it's in. I was like, man, that looks so cool. Like the big fat guy and like the little cutesy host girl. I went, I love this world. And then they showed the gameplay. I was like, oh, it's going to be like a battle royale or some kind of competitive type thing. And it's not going to be for me. But I want to know what's going on out there. I want to know these rich people that put this thing together. I want to know the story of that world. Yeah. And then same thing with We Are OFK. Like, I love episodic narrative games 
That's what this is. You know, responses back and forth, texting each other at the bar, talking. Maybe the story won't hit with me. I have a feeling that it's not gonna, but the graphics looked great. I love mellow narrative type games like that. Uh, First Class Trouble. It's coming as a PS Plus game. That one, the trailer they showed looked a little janky. Like it was captured video that looked a little hinky. Mm -hmm. But that put me in such a mind of my favorite Steam game I've ever played of all time, The Ship. Obviously, this is a little bit more Among Us because you're playing as like a reploid or a human and trying to figure out something that's going on on the ship. But the whole do things that the other characters are trying to get done and you're going to sabotage stuff in the back. But just the whole vibe of it, that like retro futuristic vibe made me think of The Ship, which was a fantastic game on Steam that you can never play again because it was multiplayer only. Now all the servers are gone. As soon as I saw it, I went... Is this that? And it wasn't quite. But man, I'm going to play it for free mm-hmm. and just remember my good days of playing the ship because that game was phenomenal. And then they ended on a high note for me with Little Devil Inside, which I don't know anything about. I don't know if it's just story-based or what, but it reminded me of looking at the combat and the graphics made me think of Death's Door and then the fact that you're going on this little overworld map and then having encounters in a more graphically intense area. Mm-hmm. It made me think of Death Store mixed with Road 96. So I don't know if this has any of that roguelike stuff or like random encounters or like when you go to the forest here, maybe it's this way, maybe it's that way. But watching it, I just went, man, this looks really cool. It looks like it's right up my alley. It's like we said with Wonderlands. I got to know more about it. That was the only other one that had any spark of interest for me. It looked gorgeous. I loved some of the Cthulhu weird stuff going on, yeah. you know, and the, but at the same time, it looked chaotic and weird and just all over the place. And I was like, well, is that going to keep my attention? Is there some kind of thorough line here that's going to keep me wanting to play this title? Or, or am I just going to be like, oh, that was fun, but now I don't know what the hell's going on and just lose interest. So I was like, well... I don't know, maybe, but probably not. This is probably more something I watch Matt do. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm wondering. Is it is it like a roguelike where you, you're starting on a journey and everything's different along the way? Or is it just mm-hmm. one big story and you just b- go to all these crazy areas? I definitely got like a roguelike feel from it just because they showed the different environments and what's going to happen here and how's this going to play out. But regardless... It's on my radar. At worst, it looks like Death's Door, which is phenomenal and it's fantastic and I need to get back to it. But now I know about it, I'll see it in another state of play and see more about it and it'll be great. There you go. That was the PlayStation state of play. It happened. We checked it out. A couple cool things for you guys all to check out. As we Well, before we head out, before we do this, I did want to state the PlayStation uh, free games, PlayStation Plus games launched for November. Holy cow, dude. Kingdoms of Amulary Reckoning yeah, is yeah. one of the titles. That's insane. That's another game I've really wanted to play. That's coming right into my hands for free. And then I heard Amazon Prime's coming out with more of its games, Matt. And and I went, what? What do you mean? Control Ultimate Edition coming free of charge for you. Nice. Dragon Age Inquisition, which I always wanted to check out but never did get around to. Mm-hmm. And then Rise of the Tomb Raider is also on that list. And I'm like, these are all titles I would love to play. Well, minus Control because I already beat Control twice. But I still would love to add on the PC and I'm going to get it and have it there just in case. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, the kingdoms of Amular, and not to mention you're getting those three free PSVR games, which I know doesn't apply to you, but for us PSVR users, mm-hmm. getting three of those for free, uh, Perseverance, I don't remember all, all three of them are offhand, but I'm telling you, there's free games coming out your ears right now. It's, it's ridiculous. It made me so happy to see Kingdoms of Amalur on there because 
as hyped as I was for it to come out, it came out at a time when I would have had no time to play it. Mm-hmm. Now, I still might not have time to play it, but at least I get it for free. Yep. And that sounds like a total cheapskate move, but if I had thrown 40 bucks at it before and never played it, I would have felt like a total yeah. jerk and a loser. It's the stress and aggravation, yeah. But now it will be there in my library or on my crossbar whenever I've got a break and I need something else. I can dive right back into that and have even more crazy fun times with my dark elf warrior chick with the two blades. Oh, she was so cool. Exactly. Man, yeah. So super cool. Pay attention out there, everybody. If you're not, you're missing out on so many free things. Get out there. Get these free games. And if you ain't got bucks, don't worry about it because we live in a world where you're just handed video games to play. I'm telling you, it's a bizarre world. So how bizarre was that world? And how many of those free games did you get? You can let us know via the email, thirdshiftme@gmail.com on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. And you can even find us on Facebook under Third Shift, except you can't find us on Facebook anymore because they're changing their oh name to God. Meta. Big news, big news. <laughs> I got to redo the whole outro spiel. Find us on Meta oh under Third Shift. What? I don't even want to get into this. I don't understand. First of all, I don't understand why it happened in the first place. I know the overarching thing. But everyone's freaking out. Everyone's like, I'm shutting my my Facebook down. I can't. And I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, why is why is this the moment where everybody says Facebook's evil and they're shutting down? What? They're the same company. It's not, nothing's changing. It just changed. Meta is now their thing. Like, why was that the breaking point for Twitter? Why was that the breaking point? I am out of, I'm an old man. I'm not in touch with all these kids' feelings. So I don't know why this is the breaking point. And I'm not. I don't, I'm, I'm. I was honestly just baffled today at all of Twitter. Oh, I'm. I'm out of Facebook for sure now. And I'm like, but why? Why was this the moment? What's going to be even better is all those Twitter people who said I'm getting off of Facebook. They're going to keep their Instagram account, which is still run by Facebook. Still Facebook. Yeah. I saw that so many times. You know. During the Facebook controversy stuff that's been happening over the past year, people are like, oh, man, I'm so done with Facebook. Click on their profile. Hey, here's a link to my Instagram. That's the same thing. It's the same thing. Same yeah, company. So you're still giving them money. You're still giving them clicks still, and likes. You're still feeding the machine, yeah. And and then if you don't think Twitter's not an evil machine, too, well, they're all evil machines. Why? Is, but why I, and I'm not being an a-hole here. I, I'm, I honestly, I don't know why was this the breaking point? Why was this the straw? I don't know if there's something behind it I missed or if literally just everyone's annoyed because he changed the name. I think everyone's annoyed know. by his Sweet Baby Rays up on his bookshelf. Do you see that? Yeah, that was, that was a big was, moment. Yeah, Sweet thing. Baby Rays that he had up. That's I, why I'm, I'm deleting like, my Facebook. That's what I did. <laughs> as I, I, I went to his house once and I peeked in the window and I saw Sweet Baby Rays. I'm getting off Facebook tonight. I'm and off. I did it. And yep. I did it, but I stayed on Instagram because Instagram's cool. Yeah, well, good, good on you, good on everybody. You got to do what makes you feel right in this world. So keep on keeping on. But if there's a younger chap or lass or gal or whatever you want to be out there, could you tell me why was this the breaking point? I'm not sure why, but I would love to know. Just like Leaf says every two weeks in Animal Crossing New Horizons when it comes to my town, you got to do what makes you happy. That's right. An Animal Crossing sloth, he knows it. You need to know it too, real human person out in the real human world. That's right. You got to do what makes you happy. You know what? And if something like uh, going to Patreon and giving us money makes you happy, you need to go do that because we've got one. We've got an old Patreon. It's like a tip jar. Like what you heard this week, 
got a good kick out of something, go throw a buck, two bucks, three bucks, or any kind of bucks our way. It would be greatly appreciated. Helps fund the show. Helps fund us getting stuff we need to keep the buttons and things running. Y'all know the rigmarole by now. If you can't do that, you can respond to my question and tell me why the hell Meta has changed everything and we've got to quit Facebook. Is there something I'm missing? I don't want to be feeding the evil corporation if it means we're all dying. I don't know what's going on. Please inform me. That's how you can support Third Shift this week, everybody. That's what I'm talking about. Go do that. I'd appreciate it. But the other thing that would make us happy is if you listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on the 4th of November. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and maybe on YouTube. I said I would do it before, and I didn't do it. But maybe this one will be it, because I got all the free time in the world, because I got tomorrow off. Maybe I'll put this one up on YouTube. But regardless, as I always say, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, rating, a view, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do appreciate it. And of course, until next time, folks... Five star ratings, maybe do that. I don't know. I, I was, you know, spooky story. You don't deserve one. You don't deserve Ooh. one. So get out of my house, folks. Cold. Get out of my house. Cold. We'll see you next week. I'll let you back next week, but for now, get out. Get out in the cold. I hope the wolves eat you. All right. Well, till next time, Eric. I guess it's, don't forget it's to save. Don't forget to save. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Have a great time. Getting into some sadistic, crazy stuff. I want pentagrams out there. I want all sorts of evil stuff happening. Do me that, okay? That's how you can make Eric on Third Shift proud. And play Inscription. Very well. Play the demo. It's free on Steam. That's pretty evil. That's how you make Matt proud. Play That's that free demo, goddammit. <laughs> so make us proud. You ain't going to do the five stars. Go do those two things. And, of course, we already said don't forget to save. So get on out of here, suckers. <laughs>